are listening to Community Voices on NPR Illinois. I'm Vanessa Ferguson, and today we're sitting down with Illinois Humanities to learn about the National Endowment for the Arts Big Read Program. I'm a little bit under the weather, as you might be able to tell, but I didn't want to miss this interview because here to tell us about it are Rebecca Amato, the Director of Teaching and Learning, and Alexandra Sosa, the Executive Director of Farmworker and Landscaper Advocacy Project. Thank you both for being here today. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you so very much. Muchas gracias, Vanessa. Well, thank you both for being here. We're going to be talking about some topics that I'm not as familiar with. But before we start talking about this program, I'd like to learn a little bit about each of you. Can you tell us a little bit about the work you do and, and how that ties in with Illinois Humanities? So I'm the Director of Teaching and Learning at Illinois Humanities, and we're actually in our 50th year this year. And I think a lot of what I get to do in teaching and learning and education programs from kindergarten through the oldest person you can imagine <laughs> in Illinois is to really have those opportunities to connect with one another and to think about the kind of Illinois we want to live in. And so it's, it's just a real privilege to be able to be the program lead for the Big Read this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we have had Illinois Humanities on the show before. They've brought us some wonderful content. So congratulations to 50 years and thank you for all that Illinois Humanities has been bringing to NPR Illinois. We really do appreciate it. Now, Alexandra, what about you? How does the work you do tie into what Illinois Humanities does? Yeah, thank you, Vanessa. First of all, I want to thank you, you, and also Becky. It's an honor to share this show with the two of you, and thank you for the invitation. The Fund Worker and Landscaper Advocacy Project is a non-for-profit organization. We serve the whole state of Illinois, and we focus on providing resources and improving working conditions and opportunities for very low-income workers who are farm workers and landscapers, nursery workers, greenhouse workers. We focus specifically in those who are providing and putting the food on our tables because those workers are very abused and they do not have the same opportunities that other workers and other communities will have. They are injured at work, they are discriminated, they are not paying for overtime, sometimes minimum wage. So the organization mission is to make sure that they have those resources available to them and the services are completely free. That's so interesting to learn about because I'll be honest, low-income workers in agriculture is not something that I'm super familiar with, but I'm excited to learn more about it here today. So let's first start off talking about what is the Big Read program? The National Endowment for the Arts works with Arts Midwest, which is out of Minnesota, to run the Big Read grant program every year. So for the last three years, we've applied and happily won the grant. We go in by proposing a, a series or a theme that we're interested in and choosing a book or two from their list of books that they recommend. And then we kind of think about how does this fit into some of the conversations we're having in Illinois and, and just nationwide as well. And so this year we chose two books that we thought were really relevant to our state. One is a book called Heartland by Sarah Smarsh. The subtitle is A Memoir of working hard and being broke in the richest country on earth. And then the second book that we chose is called Infinite Country by a novelist named Patricia Angle. And that book is about Colombian immigrants coming to the United States in the last 10 years. And how do they find home in this country? How do they understand their homes in Colombia? And the, the kinds of things that can happen when a family is split up. And so these were two stories that really kind of made us think about the American dream. 
we read these two books together through with 19 book groups across the state of Illinois, which is super interesting. And it's been really a treasure to hear people's thoughts and differing opinions about what the American dream can be. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about this just a little bit because it's interesting. My idea of the American dream has evolved in the last couple of years. I'm enrolled in an MBA program, and one of the things that I've learned is how much you need, how much privilege you need to be successful in life, and how just working hard and saving isn't always enough to hit those goals that you want to achieve. And it just got me thinking about wow, or how has our American dream really evolved? What are the flaws in it? What are the truths in it? Can we still work hard to get what we want? And I just wanted to throw that back at both of you with the conversations you've had with the people that you talk to. What do you see as some flaws or some successes with the American dream? Do you have any thoughts on that? Sure, Vanessa. I'm originally from Colombia, an immigrant myself. I remember when I got this country 25 years ago, my American dream was to continue with the legacy of my dad, who was a farm workers attorney, who was always fighting for farm worker rights, and he was murdered in Colombia. So I wanted to continue with his work here. And when I came to this country, I find out that the violations in this country are even more than in my own country. I, I saw human labor trafficking, I saw human sex trafficking, no payment for wages, illegal deductions, injuries at work, and many other situations similar to my country, but even worse, because here we don't know the language, we are not familiar with, the, with what you guys do here. So it's a completely learning experience from zero. And all we want to do as an immigrant is to provide a good life and a decent um, support for our families. And we face so many, many challenges that we don't speak the language. Immigration status is always a huge problem. And that's why the organization is focused on supporting that group of people and providing the tools and making the connections they may need with other organizations that provide services for free, including FLAP, and regardless of immigration status. I don't know, Becky, if you see the same that, the same that we saw at FLAP, but that's kind of like our concerns here in the organization. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. It, it resonates a little bit with the second book that we're reading as part of the big read. One of the things that I remember from it that was really striking is that this is a story of a family also leaving Colombia because of violence. And they feel like they can find a good place for their family to grow if they come to the United States. And then they come here and they talk about how they're seeing school shootings right on the news and they think well is this actually safer like this isn't this isn't what we thought we were coming to but some of these kinds of questions of like what kind of world can we make together that feels safe and comfortable and caring and one where we can actually be together and it's not really a question of it all happening here in the United States because this isn't necessarily where it's all working out for people either so that that was really interesting yeah, absolutely. I think this is such a great opportunity for people to learn about this theme of the American dream and, and really how it has evolved and, and how it means different things to different people. Now, it's not just reading the books. There are some public events tied to this program as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the Springfield event that is coming up and, and what we can expect when we attend that one? 
The event is February 22nd. It's at the Illinois State Museum. It is from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. We've titled the event Saving Illinois Farms Through Equity and Sustainability. The reason we decided to organize this particular conversation was it kind of resonates with some of the themes in Sarah Smarsh's book Heartland. But as I've pulled together my panel, I'm starting to see that it also speaks so much to the second book we were reading together, Patricia Engels. There are a couple of things that kind of Sarah Smarsh doesn't entirely cover, but she sort of alludes to in her book that she answers a lot of questions and her story is really remarkable. But there's some things that she doesn't get into, and that's where we wanted to kind of think about for this panel discussion. And so one of the things is... She talks about her family having moved during Western expansion in 1862 with the Homestead Act. And that was the beginning of the generations of her family living on this land in Kansas. But what doesn't really come out in the book is that that was also one of the greatest dispossessions of Native American land, right? Mm. So this question of like, who has access to land, who gets to farm it, who gets to to work it just kind of comes out in that story. And then the second thing that she kind of alludes to is that most people who farm in, in Illinois in particular, most people who farm, that's not their only job. So in Illinois, 49% of farmers For them, farming is their secondary occupation, so they have to do something else to pay the bills and to make ends meet. And so it becomes this kind of question of who could actually sustainably run a farm in the state of Illinois if they can't even do it full time. And so that's why this panel came together to kind of think about some of those questions together. Yeah. Again, it's just so interesting. And I apologize to the listeners uh, who are farmers. I grew up in a small farming town, but my parents didn't farm. So I had some animals, but it's not something that I'm super familiar with. So Alexandra, I'm wondering if you can shine a light on some of the issues surrounding racial inequity that might be discussed at this panel. Could you kind of shine a light on what's going on in the realm of racial inequities that maybe we don't know about? Yeah, it's very unfortunate that it took a pandemic for the community and the whole country and the whole world to turn their eyes and see the issues that our farm workers are facing these days. We are serving a community that has not the same opportunities that other communities have. They are coming to this country. They don't speak the language. They don't even have technology to provide to their children to do the homework virtually from home. So we, in the middle of the pandemic, I remember that we were providing financial assistance to the migrant workers. There is this farm worker who was telling me, her name, Maria, was telling me like, oh, Alexandra, my my kids are behind school because the public library is closed and I cannot take them to the public library to use a laptop and do the homework. And it's when we realized that they don't have the same opportunities. They have to rely on public libraries to be able to do the work. And that's why they don't succeed at the school. So it's our obligation as an organization, and this is a friendly call also for donors and foundations to turn their eyes to the organization to help this community and provide the tools they need. They got injuries at work, they are discriminated. We see women being fired because they are pregnant, because we see people who are over 50, 60 years old and fired because they, they are old. We see people not hiring for the work because they have family, they have kids. All those issues are are excluding the community from opportunity that they should be getting. So it's not that we are 
equal our communities no equal in terms of opportunities and other communities yeah i imagine that some people in our listening audience mainly we cover central illinois and they might hear that and think yeah that happens but maybe it doesn't happen in my area but you work with the state of illinois so can you kind of shine some light on those issues and if they are happening in the central illinois area it's happening and it's happening everywhere and the violations are everywhere and violations in central illinois and even more because there are not too many resources that we have, for example, in Chicago or in the, in the counties in Northern Illinois. So when you do not have more resources, when you do not have uh, options and where to go and look for help, that makes our community more vulnerable and more like a targeting for people who are abusing them. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you shared that because I, I had a feeling that that's what some people might be thinking. Now, Becky, I read that there are going to be some local organizations either partnering with this event in Springfield or being on the panel. Can you tell us if there's any details that you could share about that? Sure. So for this panel, it's actually folks from Illinois, not specifically central Illinois. So Alexandra is one of them from Farm Worker and Landscaper Advocacy Project. And even though she's currently located in Chicago, she's representing the whole state and doing a lot of work in central Illinois, as she just mentioned. We have somebody from the U of I Extension School who's working on working with small farmers and cooperative farming. He also is an immigrant from Ecuador, so he has a lot of stories of his own to share about the American dream as well. And then our third panelist is Fred Carter from the Black Oak Center, which is also in the Kankakee region. Fred Carter and his family and a whole bunch of other folks from the neighborhood have been working together to develop a sustainable, ecologically sustainable and racially equitable farming practice that recognizes the contribution of Black farmers in Illinois. And it's just been really wonderful to work with them in the past at Illinois Humanities. They've shared some of their stories. They've been in the running for grants. And to think about them actually in relationship to the humanities has been really Really fun. I really do appreciate that you all are bringing not only this event to Springfield, I'm so excited for the conversations that are going to come out of that event, but also you're having this program where we can pick up these books and, and learn more about the world outside of our own area and even in our state and in our area, actually, as we found out today that some of these issues that people are having are happening in our own area. We're just not always aware of it. As we start to wrap up, today. Could you just, again, remind people of when that event is and how they can get involved with the Big Read program? Absolutely. So you can always go to our website, which is ilhumanities.org. This particular event, looking at farming in Illinois and equity and sustainability, this event is on February 22nd at the Illinois State Museum. The address and parking and directions will all be found on our website when you register. And the event will be in the evening, 6 to 8 p.m. Before we let you go today, was there anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to share? Or is there maybe a final message you'd like to leave us with before we wrap things up? It's just a call to the community in general. 
like funders, donors, and the fund workers, then don't be afraid to, the fund workers don't be afraid to stand up for the rights because they have rights no matter what their immigration status is. FLAP is here to support them and to provide any resources they may need. And a message to the foundations and the donors is to please take a look to our work and think about supporting us. And of course, a big thank you to you, Vanessa, for having us today and Becky for sharing this space with me. One of the things that we've really tried to think about in these programs and in these book groups is that the conversations happen locally and they affect us locally. And maybe that's the place where we can have an impact rather than being overwhelmed by all of the problems of the world. We can talk to our neighbors at the public library about a book and think about things together and maybe make a connection. And I think that's one of the big goals of Illinois Humanities. And it's one of my goals in life as an educator. So I, I hope I can find some more Illinoisans who are willing to work with me on that. To hear more from the Community Voices team, visit nprillinois.org.